All right, I am here live again. This is my second day in a row. Yesterday, had Hector Marquez come in from Prep Girls Hoops and Prep Hoops Utah, and that was fantastic. And I thought, why not make it a back-to-back? Because I'm out here working hard for you, for the people. I've got my friend Brad Greenland, who is the president of the Salt Lake, what is it, the Salt Lake Officials Chapter. President of the Salt Lake Officials Chapter. Uh, He's one of uh, the... One of the many great officials that we have here for uh, both boys, men's and women's basketball, along with uh, collegiately, he's a, an official and he's going to do a quick introduction. We're going to actually go in, we're breaking down some film, we're going to be talking about some common myths, and then I'm trying to go live on Instagram, sorry, and and then uh, hopefully we can also get to some questions. So if you ever had some questions for an official, now is your time here live on the Utah High School Hoops podcast. Let's go. This is the Utah High School Hoops podcast, your source for sometimes informative, but always entertaining coverage of the Utah High School Hoops scene with your host, Adam Meek. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the underground studio of the Utah High School (laughs) podcast. Uh, I am so excited for this because if you've been following this page for a little bit, if you've been following me for a little bit, even when I was coaching, if I was able to coach you, I have a lot. I have a few rules, and one of them is just let the coaches talk to the officials. If you're a fan, you don't have to be yelling and screaming and, you know, don't yell and scream at the other team. Don't yell and scream at the officials. These guys have a hard job and Brad is willing to come into the underground studio and stand before the people and say, yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to answer some questions and absolutely. break down some film and all this stuff. But uh, before we get into that, actually, let me, I have to like dual task this. So, hey, we got some people chiming in. What's going on, everyone over on Instagram? I'll try to get over and see the comments. I have to kind of go back and forth between StreamYard and this. Uh, but if you're just joining, we got Brad Greenland here, president of the Salt Lake Officials chapter. And so, Brad, why don't you do a, a little bit of introduction? How did you get into officiating? And uh, what was it about your life that went wrong that was like, I better I better get into a fish. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right, right. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, actually, I, I grew up grew up here in Utah. Um, man, just play, played the game. I, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, uh, after after high school, went went straight to work and still wanted a ball. And um, where'd you I, play at? So I, I played I graduated from East High School. OK, so I played at East. Um, Coach Kerry Rupp, uh, Skip Lowe, still the AD out there, was an assistant coach when I was there. So, okay. Um, kind of long story short, went to uh, Sandy City Parks and Rec, uh, doing some work out there. And then uh, they they talked me into uh, officiating some junior jazz. And my initial reaction was, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, but my good friend, Emma Marr, uh, shout out to her. She was the coordinator out there, and and she she talked me into it. So she kind of planned that seed, lit that spark, and just grew from there. And this was when and, you were just out of high school. You started, yep. okay. Uh, Nineteen is when I started refereeing. So, All right. Um, then took it to the next level, and here I sit today as a uh, NCAA women's Division two official. 
That's amazing. Um, and it, you know, I've seen you now at a couple of games. I think you had, was it the, it was the Highland Olympus game. I think, did you have that one? Uh, no, I had, uh, Highland Lehigh. So, and then I had, um, at the Olympus tournament, it was, uh, Brighton. Oh man, I'm having, I, don't, I know you probably officiate a lot of games. Yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> I know. It, It's a lot. I know. I know. But I, you know, I get to see you at a bunch, at a bunch of games and, um, you know, I think it's important for people to realize that the nobody expects perfection out of the players. Right. Nobody expects perfection out of the coaches. Nobody expects perfection out of anybody else except for you. Except for you the have to be yep. perfect. Yes. <laughs> and there is yes. no grace for you <laughs> for uh, sure at all. Um, do you find it then being, you know, kind of growing up now in this as an official do you find it it's changed how you've watched the game from being a player now to being an official is it hard to watch <laughs> yes. games because you're yes. just have this critical eye on it the whole time so when i watch basketball games it is literally i'm watching the officials where are they standing what's their positioning what are they looking at what plays are they calling like just being able to sit back and chill and watch a game of a ball is is a thing of the past. Non-existent. <laughs> Non-existent. I, I'm because it's also like, you know, watching them. It's like, oh man, I like what they did there. I'm gonna write that down and put that into my game to mm. help me try to get that next next step better. So, do you study like it, like this is a, this is a silly question, but I think it's kind of fun. Do you study like the style? Like, are there certain officials you're like, man, that guy or that girl, like. I really like how they make that charge call or how they go over to the table. Like I've even noticed that certain officials have kind of their own way of calling things out. I'm sure yeah. that there's like, there's probably protocol and then there's mm -hmm. like some freedom to yeah. you know, put a little flair on it. You know yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you got to find a way within the guidelines of the officials manual to find that flair. Otherwise you, you're going to just stay where you're at. Mm. Got it. So, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And so you've been you've been going up now from junior jazz, and now you're at the you're at the Division two level for women. Is there a? And we're going to get into like how there's different manuals for the different levels mm -hmm. and all that. But is there kind of a like a career arc and a trajectory for officials that a lot of people are on and trying to take that are, you know, maybe there's a an official here in Salt Lake who's mostly officiating, you know, sophomore two and three a games but they really want to become a division three college official i mean how does that right, work is right that um basically it's it's kind of like things in life with your job you know you're going to get back what you put into it um if you're not wanting to put in the time and the effort that it takes to get to that next level um one thing that i wish i had known earlier on in my career is how much networking was a part of this business mm. networking is key because if you don't have the right mentors you're not going they're not going to get you to that next stage so it's really the time you put into it how much you're going to learn um currently I'm, I'm mentoring mentoring you know a few officials i say a few but it's probably like a lot okay <laughs> <laughs> um but you know and, and each one takes what i say in, in a different way and you see the ones that use it and the ones that are kind of well that, that's cool thanks brad you know i'm, I'm I'll, I'll try that yeah so it's just what, what you you know what you want to put into it time money effort so it's kind of like playing 
mm-hmm. mean, there are probably players out there who are like, that's exactly what I go through, which is you're trying to get better. You're putting in the time. You're studying film. We're going to break down a little bit of film here. You're, you know, you have to be in in physical shape to officiate. Um, you know, so I that I might even be like a a point for any of the players who are listening or watching this, which is there can be a little bit of empathy knowing that every official is trying to get better than you know where they are and they have mm-hmm. to work and they have to they have to network with people and they got to know the right people they got to have mentors they got to have coaches and they got to have all that I, yep. I don't think many i think probably <laughs> there's a lot of players who think well brad you just roll in in your car you come on up you collect your paycheck and you go ah, i don't really care and then uh, hopefully i did a good job and then you go home right but right that isn't i got to sit on your training call <laughs> that is not what happens everybody right, <laughs> is, right. you may think that's what happens that is not what happens with these officials yeah um there's a lot of there's a lot of work so are you mostly then looking at not only your own film but are you also breaking down maybe film like do you, do you go watch games that you have coming up to to maybe take a look at like, okay, how is this game officiated? You know, what are, what are some of the things that the players are doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of pre-watch film from the official standpoint. Yeah. So kind of goes back to, to what you put into it, right. Is, is how your game's going to be just like as a player, we watched film, um, did the breakdown, you know, the, the stat sheets, the, you know, the matchups, right. It, it's the same thing on the official side with with your officials that are, are going you know that top level official you know we're breaking down film we're looking at hey what's the offense they're running mm-hmm. hey they might have two bigs but they like to shoot from the outside so they're doing a high screen pick and pop right so things like that you know um, coaches um reactions you know how to talk to them how not to talk to them um because a lot of us that have been in this uh, officiating career path for a while have, have seen the same coaches, especially in the high school scene, you know, to where you, you have relationships to where you, you might've said, you know, something to, to try to deescalate the situation, but it actually escalated. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, go back. And for me, I carry a notebook. And after each game, I write some uh, high level notes of, okay, Hey, at this, at three twenty eight in the first quarter, Hey, I talked, tried to talk to coach a and, this did not work. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah, because that's a big part of it too, right? I mean, you're not just out there trying to run kids out of the game and like get coaches out of the game. Like you're trying to be a part of the game. And I would imagine, say, I, I hope that the best games that I officiate, nobody knows yes. I was there. That's yep. kind of the goal, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's a big part of it is knowing when to and how to talk with coaches and how to interact right. with players. That's that's big. So when you're preparing for a for like a big game. So I know during the call we were going through some film and I, I can't remember if you were officiating it or not, but it was the American Fork Cypress yes, playoff game. game. Yeah. Yep. And so before that game, so you're saying like you're preparing, you're watching film, you want to know the things they're doing because yep. you're like the last thing I want is for people to be talking about me. Yep. And, and you don't want to get surprised, right? So when, when you watch the film, um, you know, obviously that game that, you know, American Fork had two big post guys, right? So we knew that there was going to be a lot of uh, post activity. So, you know, in our pregame, that's the other thing, you know, we're pregaming, you know, before that 15 minutes, we come out on the court, we're there an hour early and we're 
getting ready mentally, physically, all yeah. that fun stuff. So, but, but yeah, it, it starts early and, uh, to, to be successful. That's cool. Well, here's what we're going to do, Brad. So, uh, I'll check over here. If you have any questions for Brad, if you, if you're tapping in ever on, uh, on Instagram, if you're watching this on, on, uh, YouTube, you can, you can drop a question in here. And if you're just watching this on replay, that's totally fine. But you didn't get to ask a question. But if you have a question, just drop it in the comment. Um, we're going to jump over here to a quick uh, ad break for my favorite friends. I just got a 28-pack of Ruby in, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, I, I'm still trying, to, still trying to stay in shape a little bit. Yeah. So hit up some Orange Theory this morning, got my Ruby, got a little creatine, mixed it up. It was nice. awesome. So uh, everyone go check out uh, Go Ruby. And uh, when we come back from this break, uh, were we going to talk about misconceptions? or we, No, we were going to break down some film. Yeah. We're going to look at some film when we come back. Uh, this is the Utah High School Hoops podcast. Hey, I just had to share this. My little guy's tearing into his new Ruby box, and he goes straight for the sweet greens. I didn't see that coming. A quick mix in the verdict. He loves it. Total mom win and you can also have a win by going to goruvi.com g-o-r-u-v-i.com use code adam15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order that's goruvi g-o-r-u-v-i.com and use code adam15 and we're back does that kind of surprise you because you can't hear the music it just yeah. happens it's crazy yeah it's like <laughs> have you ever right. have you ever done a live podcast no in someone's basement <laughs> no sir First it sort time. of feels like do you i don't know how old you are but uh this would this would help <clears throat> it kind of feels a little bit like wayne's world oh yeah a little bit yeah. like there you go like we're you know those are the OG. yeah and then maybe one day i'll you know i'll get rob Lowe and we'll go big and then I'll have yeah to like for know, sure stick it to the man and for sure go back underground yeah it's probably gonna happen <laughs> Um, we're back here with Brad Greenland, president of the Salt Lake officials chapter. How many, how many members, how many officials are in the Salt Lake officials? Chapter? So just in the Salt Lake chapter, we've got about 80. Um, so it's made up how, how it works is there's four chapters. We call it the quad board. Um, you've got your Northern Utah officials, you've got the Salt Lake chapter officials. And then there's another group here because it, it was just big enough to have two called the Wasatch chapter. And then you've also got the Provo chapter. Okay. So um, we all work together, but plus you've got the central Utah, Southern Utah, um, the red rocks, which is down St. George. So we cover the state, but um, so yeah, when, when we do do the, the trainings and stuff like that, we're, we're covering the state, but. Is it, does it get tough? Um, I know we're, I said we we're going to get to film, but uh, I was thinking about this when I was, so when I coached for Intermountain Christian School, we would play games, you know, in Manila and mm -hmm. Rich and uh, Whitehorse. And, right, you know, right. does it, is it something where you're really trying to get officials who are in the, in that area? Like, right. Are there yep. officials who live there usually yeah, in the yeah. town? Okay. Usually are within plus or minus a 50 mile radius. Um, I mean, it just, it just depends. Um, people's availability, how far they're able to travel and, and if they're willing to do those games. So. Got it. That makes sense. Um, all right. Well, I don't see any questions because, uh, Hey, here we go. Um, he says, this is, uh, this is Jordan. 
uh, Gooch Ice on Instagram. Okay. Uh, Jordan plays up at Weber. He says, Ref, what's your take on swiping with your offhand? Okay. So I'm guessing he means, you know, when you're going by someone and they reach in, you kind of. Yeah, yeah. So. Thanks, Jordan, I, for yeah. being the first question. <laughs> My guy. So I'm, I'm going to have to go off of what we call as our bottle handler dribbler fouls. You know, you're, you're, you're allowed one hot stove, right? And when we see that swinging of the offhand, it's usually somebody who's a, a ball handler dribbler who's getting fed up with someone hand checking the whole time, right? Hey, he's got one hand and then he's got another hand and then he's got an arm bar. And then he's got two hands. So usually we want to try to clean that stuff up early. But if, if I start seeing a hand swipe, I'm like, oh, I'm missing that first foul. Mm. I got to be better at seeing that first foul, the hand check, because that's why he's swiping his hand to try to get him off because he's also with that. Um, sorry, I'm going to go into like let's go. Weird, weird lingo. Let's, okay, so, let's, so. Go, let's go ref <laughs> ref nerdery. All right. With so, Brad Greenland. <laughs> yeah. So when we see that, we're looking at is the, is, is the effect on the RSBQ. And what that means is rhythm, speed, balance, and quickness. Okay. So if you as a ball handler – are getting bumped off that path or you're having to swipe that hand away because you're constantly been getting bumped off that path that's when we need to start looking at those hand check fouls got it so that's so it, when you start seeing it and is it is this like you would as as el presidente mm -hmm. you this would be a training thing where you're you're Correct. telling officials hey when you see this if a guy's going by and, and you start seeing him swipe. Well, Jordan's left-handed, so we'll go with the right hand for you. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you start seeing that it's like, oh man, what have I missed? Not immediately right. call the foul, right? And maybe you do out of reaction, right? right? But it's right. like, okay, that's because you know, eight nine times out of ten, um, you know, there's going to be that contact first, and then the swipe. Yeah. Right. So that we got to look at that first foul. Got it. Uh, Jordan is actually jumping in here and asking a question about one of our common myths. <laughs> so Jordan's yes. on here. He's asking about the gather step or the zero step in high school. So we can jump into some of these things. And yeah, if, absolutely. if you guys want to keep the questions coming, this is a this is a time to have a have a civil conversation with a referee <laughs> where, yeah. where you're not in the heat of the moment. So for sure. Uh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the gather step in high school. What's, what's the official rule on that? So yeah, it's funny cause it's on our myth, right. Uh, that we were going to talk about yeah, we the hard, the right hard now. thing is, is everybody looks to the NBA. However, not everybody understands what the NBA rule book says on, um, the traveling violation, um, going to the summer camps and things of like that. Uh, I've been able to, to network and meet some, meet some of the NBA referees and, and believe it or not, they actually have what they call as a zero step. So that's that gather step. However, in high school, we have a different rule book. You cannot have a gather step. Okay. So if you're comparing a gather step, zero step in the NBA to a high school game by rule, it would be a travel. Okay. Do you, does, so then do officials at the high school level, like everyone's influenced by something, right? So right. if an official sees, you know, I don't know, Steph Curry doing it or Kyrie doing it or whatever, because they're just a fan of NBA basketball, right, right. is it easier to 
maybe miss those calls now in high school. Whereas before it was like, okay, that's clearly travel. But now you have parents, you have coaches, there's trainers out there teaching mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. and then kids are doing it in the game. And, and is that a call that's missed a lot? Like do you find yes. yourself coaching and training a lot with the refs on that? Yeah. So I'll give you some st statistic from uh, the NC 2A that, that um, we get newsletters and that is officials. Um, we're about 50 percent roughly and that's a guesstimate right it's sure it's not really but yeah it, it is getting harder um with with how it's being you know tried to be manipulated i guess you could say um uh, with the travel though the hardest one is going to be your spin move travels mm -hmm. that is going to be the hardest one that a lot of people are going to want but sometimes they're ugly sometimes they're not but okay and, and and that's one of the other things too is, is we'll I'll tell a coach hey just because it's ugly and it may look like a travel doesn't mean it was a travel. doesn't mean it's travel right yeah. yeah and does that go to also for the uh, for the step so that let's see we got to pick up your back foot on the step through so I'm guessing you know you'll see a guy like you know stop turn pump fake get the guy up and then go one two up into the shot you know I'm not going to sit here and try to demonstrate that Jordan <laughs> uh my 43 year old man knees I need some more Ruby everyone go check out go ruby.com right. <laughs> so you don't have to have knees like me but you know what I'm talking about yeah so it, it's it's tough because it's situational right um if it's just a post move to where he turns faces you know does the pump fake steps through legal but if now if it's a dribble and a jump stop, if depending on where he picked that ball up in the moment, he or she, um, because you can land with two feet on the ground at a jump stop. But mm -hmm. if it's a pitter patter, you know, like that boom, boom, oh, yeah. now you've got to travel. Okay. So yeah, it, it, it's pretty difficult, but it, it really depends on what the move is, is to whether it's going to be a travel or not. And Jordan's asking all these questions because he uses every one of these moves. He's a, he's a, he's got, he's got a, a an arsenal of of moves. So Jordan, you can keep the questions coming. Um, you know, why don't we jump in to a little bit of film here? So we've got. I'll pull this up here onto the. Is that fancy or what? Look at that. Um, so what we're going to do is we've got a couple of clips and I asked Brad to to bring these because when I got to sit in on the officials training call, I thought it was really cool that they're pulling up clips just like you would as a player. And they're not just going through it from a from a perspective of was this a foul? Was this not a foul? Was this the right call? Of course, they're going through that. But it was also, hey, you need to move over here. And, you know, you we can go through one of these clips like there was a lot of just coaching on positioning and line of sight. And I thought that was really great. And by the way, along with that, never once did I hear what you should have done is gone up into the stands, <laughs> gone to the 16th row on the opposite side. And that was the best spot. That was, right. that was never right. a. Right. You were never no. told to go in the stands and watch nope. the game from there. No. Nope. But hey, some sometimes <laughs> that's the best view. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, man, parents and coaches, y'all, we we do have the best view. Uh, and it's usually when it's a foul that's called against our team or against our player. I don't ever really hear like the home team complaining about a bad foul against that their that benefited their team. <laughs> you know, you're never like yeah. Ah, oh, come on! That was a charge. Yeah, when yeah. It, like benefited. It's it's really strange. How we we, we tell the young officials, hey, get used to fifty percent of them not liking you and fifty percent of them loving you on every call. Yeah, <laughs> there's probably an occasional where it's just like, 
Yeah, he got him. I mean, everyone knows. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was definitely a foul. I uh, know, but I don't want to admit it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Okay, so uh, let's go through this. I think I can kind of give you some control. So this is a uh, – I can't tell who's playing in this one. It's at – the game's at Corner Canyon, but this was from – I think we got Alta against – I can't. I can't tell not for sure. I want to. Uh, I think maybe Lone Peak. I'm not for sure. It was just okay. the, one of the early season tournaments. So I'll kind of play it, and and you know you can kind of talk us through why this would be on your training. Does that work? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Cool. So, so before I'll, we start, um, we'll just kind of talk about positioning, right? Um, so the official that's closest uh, to our center court line or the ball handler matchup. Uh, that that's our trail position. The one on the end line, uh, that's our lead position. And then over there by the bench is our center position. Okay. So right now we just trail. Yep. Trail trail is right here. I don't know if you can see my, my cursor. I think you can. That's our trail. This is our lead. Yep. And this is center. Yep. Nailed it. And in the NBA, they'll call it a slot position. Okay. Just some different lingo. Um, I'm not, I'm not worried about <laughs> officiating or playing in the nba <laughs> yeah ne neither am i um so yeah just kind of like uh because a lot of misconception is they th uh where are we actually looking right so right now primary coverage area um for our trail is ball handler uh dribbler that that ball match up there um our center he's looking at off ball anything over there cuts holds things like that Leads kind of looking Maybe at like that. right here. Who's so that's going to be looking. Leads going to be looking there okay. at that paint area. And, yep. and the lead is right now, right? Yep. Okay. Cool. So if you want to, I can hit play, but you can use the space bar in front of you to kind okay. of stop it. So. Okay. So now now we've got a pass from zero to, I'm not sure, but we've got a pass to the wing, right? Yeah. So now our areas of coverage change. So now the center position is going to have that ball matchup. Um, and then our lead should be down about where that A is. So the um, lead is currently off the screen and they right. should be coming over here. Yep. And we call that a position adjustment okay. um, just to adjust down. So because now he's got to take that um, opposite block of him, that matchup there. Up right here. Yep. Okay trail they don't have anything really competitively over there so they can take a peek in as well so we've got some contact here and, and you see black does a swim move and they they grab 24's left arm and pull him backwards to gain that front position and then he kind of does a little throw of the head and we, we kind of get fooled on this one so this is why we had it in our training um we then we want to, we talked about getting that first foul. Um, so this is where that one comes into play is get the first foul on, on black. And then we don't have to do that because after what you don't see is 24 is like, I don't, I don't even know what I did. Right. So. Yeah. And do you think that that's something where um, I'll, I'm going to pull up this other one here in a second. Um, but is that, is that a play where if that, if the lead official had moved over, you know, potentially, like you said, it's mm -hmm. a 50% thing, but like potentially they see the contact and that would be a, right. a moment of coaching for that official mm -hmm. of, Hey, you know, had you kind of moved over, caught the site, caught the line of sight, you would have seen this grab. Right. And, right. Okay. Yep. We talked about uh, showing engagement because perception is everything. Right. So where he was at before and calling that play clear across the paint, 
doesn't look as good as if he was in, in our closed down position. Got it. Okay. That's when someone's yelling out, you can't make that call from there. Yeah. Okay. That's the, um, let me see. I'm going to stop that and we're going to go back to it here. Um, Jordan asked a question about, uh, carries. He said, has there been an increase? One of the other things we're going to talk about is just like, what are some trends that we're seeing? Has there been a focus on carry calls? Um, not necessarily. I have a, in in what I've seen, I haven't seen an uptick in those. Um, you know, the hard thing is is kids or, or players in general. I'll just say that players in general are getting close to that to where it's almost a carry, mm -hmm. right? But um, but their hand doesn't necessarily the what the rule book says is is the ball comes to rest on the palm. So literally, you've got to have that ball on your palm and then bring it back over before it's a carry. If I'm on the side by rule, I'm still good. You know, we kind of do in that old Jordan mm -hmm. fake the crossover and go back. Right. When he definitely just broke Byron Russell's ankles and didn't push, <laughs> he did not. Jordan didn't push. I'm so sorry. Utah fans. I've no. watched game six, of the 98, 98 NBA finals a lot. <laughs> Byron just got cooked. That's just all that happened. So anyways, and they were going to lose game seven anyway. So I don't know why. They're complaining. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I look for because you know, if, if you go by what the rule says, it's if it come if the ball comes to rest on the palm of the hand. Okay. And so it if it's so it's kind of even if it's at like a like a little bit of an angle, but it's not all the way down. It's kind of like right. this, and then they're right. they're kind of driving it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because you got you got to you got it's, it's to me, it's like okay, did it come to rest or did it just is that the move? Yeah. Right. Rather than if it comes to rest, you're like, oh wait a minute, the ball just like stopped. Okay, that's a carry. Is it even a little bit situational where I'll, I'll hear I'll hear people calling for a carry, for example, and a kid is just they're just dribbling the ball up the court. And mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they're getting a little bit lazy, but I would say the same thing. Like the ball's not coming to a rest. They just have their hand. Right. Kind of like this. Yep. And is there kind of a situation where it's like the kid, he's driven the ball like there's nothing. This yeah. isn't junior jazz. Right. We're talking right. about right. is that is that does that play into it or is it kind of like. Yeah, but if it does, then we we got to at least teach him something. I mean, that's that's where that's where you know a lot of us. I mean, I'll I'll speak for myself. I feel pretty blessed that um, when I step on the court, like when I'm inside the, the the rectangle, I don't hear too much of the crowd. But now, if a head coach comes over to me and mm -hmm. says, "Hey, Brad, I think he's is is he carrying the ball?" You know, I'm going to ask that question. Okay, number one, what player, what's he doing wrong? I haven't seen it come to rest, but okay. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll look for it, sure. but I haven't seen it yet. Got it. Would be the conversation. And that's part of the training around having the conversation with head coaches mm -hmm. yep. and that kind of stuff. Um, all right, we got another question from Jordan. Jordan is winning the questions, everybody. Uh, he says, a part of your training to call fouls late, like on layups. Okay, so... Um, so, you know, a kid goes up, maybe it's kind of a, it's like a 50, 50 mm -hmm. and, you know, misses a layup and then, you know, Malachi from Weaver comes in and grabs a rebound and he takes one dribble and then the lead, right? The mm -hmm. lead official, lead. lead official calls a foul, right. right? The perception is, I think to parents and players is that was a late foul. They only called it because it was. Uh, you know, Jackson Johnson from Alta mm. and 
he's a D1 player and how could he miss? Like, of course, that's not all going through a red yeah, yeah. head, but I mean, that's the perception is just like, right. they, he gets that call. He's getting, you know what I mean? So okay. what's the late call? Um, what is, what is that just like, I'm processing information mm-hmm. and I just, I just process it late. Is that pretty much all that's happening? So it, it's, it's part of the processing, um, but we call, we call it, we want to watch the, you have the play, have information of the play from the start, develop and finish. Um, and, and even going to that, you can got, kind of, we, we break it down into like five frames of the play, right? At the beginning, you know, as it's go, as it's progressing, the layup goes up, where's the contact at? Does it come in late? Because we would rather come in a little bit late and be right than come in quick with a foul and be wrong. Right. So if that if that makes sense, um, and that's probably why is they're just kind of pro- reprocessing it in in the mind. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, hey, I'll be honest. Sometimes we miss stuff to where we're right on top of that play, and I might not see something, but the trail who's on the outside, he sees some, he or she sees something. They come in with what we call as a secondary cadence whistle. Okay. And that's where it's like, okay, first that okay, there's contact. That's the first foul. Then I'm waiting a half a beat. Okay. Brad doesn't have a, that's an obvious foul. Boom. I got to come in and get it. Okay. So, and that secondary cadence whistle is the, you can't make that call. That's that guy's call. And I mean, that's that's what you hear people saying about it. And it's like, well, no, anybody, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but any official can make a call. It's, it's everybody's game. Yep. You know, obvious, obvious fouls can have anybody who can call it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you obviously want to have uh, first opportunity to whoever's primary coverage area that is. Right. So. Okay. And that's where that's where the late call might come in because they're waiting to see like, okay, is he going to call it? No. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I'm mm-hmm. going to call it. Yeah. Because the other thing too that you can you can add another layer to it of is um, landing space. Right. If you're going up for a layup and it comes down and there's contact after that. And you just get taken out and you're going to the floor. And I've always, I've obviously got a, I need to have your safety in, in the game. Right. Right. So that's where it could also come in late. Okay. Got it. Uh, let's go here to our second clip. We only have three of these, by the way. Um, so let's pop this one up and I don't even remember what was happening here. So I'll hit play and you can. So this is going to be it. a, I mean, obviously you see, we got bodies to the floor. I, I can't remember. But this is going to be a rebound, um, rebound foul right oh, there yeah, right on there. white. Okay. So let's go back. Where are we going here? You can you can control yep. it. I'll hit you can control with the space bar. So I'll Okay, so right here is as we have a shot. Um right now, uh lead position is gonna take his eyes to the paint. And he's gonna watch that. And on the rebounds, we're looking for any like hooks, clamps, holds, um, pushes, displacement, anything like that. So right here, you see white wrapping up. Right down there on the. Yep. Yeah. So and that's why we have a rebound foul on white. Okay. And and that's where we talk about getting that first foul, right? Because if if we don't call the first foul, then we're gonna penalize the black team for the uh, white team going to the floor with the second foul. Got it. Okay. So this would be an, unlike the first example 
when you're doing your training and it, with with the other officials is the lead officials in the proper place they get the they get the Correct. first call they don't get the action because i'm sure you know the the white players are going no but our guy fell to the ground mm -hmm. how did he mm -hmm. how did he foul but it was right. really that first action when he came in right. wrapped him up started yep. moving him off his place okay right. yep. got it that's uh super helpful let's uh let's go to our third one i'll click back over here how about high-fiving on a jump shot and uh we could we could go we could go play some nba jam and go <laughs> high five but yeah so a kid you know pulls up shoots it you got your hand up here to contest they follow yep. through what's what's the uh what say you on that one to me i i've always gone with the you know hand and wrist as part of the ball um, what I will say on that is um, there is a lot of we're working on that training at our high, high school levels as far as, um, you know, we, we talk about taking your shooter up and down, up, down, and then going to rebound. And what that means is basically on a jump shot, actually, I wonder if we have. Oh, a... hang on. I'll pull this one. Do you want to you want to pull up this? Yeah, this is the post up, though um can you go back to the other one i could actually show that kind um of, yeah hang on a second if not it's fine we can i can explain it you know, um so, uh, blessed are the flexible for they shall not be broken <laughs> i believe is the uh is the phrase here um but i'll kind of talk through it you know one of the things that were that is taught at the higher levels is if it's ball if i'm shooting and a defender hits the ball and then my arm or body or, or something like that, or that contact, um, more than likely it's, it, you know, you're not going to have a foul, but if it's coming in and he's getting arm forearm, anything like that in that shooting motion, that's where that's what, you know, body versus body ball, you're going to have a foul ball body, not necessarily a foul. Okay. But, but the high fiving, um, we got this one pulled up again, if you want to, Oh, okay. If you want to walk through the, this one again, you will hit play. Yeah. So as he's right there, I mean, we, obviously we don't have somebody contestant, so we can't show it the greatest, but if, if that ball is away and we've got a high five, me personally, I don't necessarily want to put that into my game because now every time that happens, you're going to have to call a foul. Got Your it. partners are going to have to call the foul and you're going to be sitting at the free throw line the whole game. Right. So if now, if it, if it's coming down, say forearm, then yeah, that's a foul. You got to come in and get, yeah. But if you're just high fiving, I, I don't, I would. Does it matter too, if the, if the defender, again, we talk about like different, like verticality for the mm -hmm. defender, if the defender is going straight up and then the offensive player is coming, you know, following through and coming into their space, then yeah, that's, that should be completely yep. fine. I mean, yep. okay. Yep. As long as the player's vertical. Got it. All right, we got um, one more here. Let me pull this one up. These are great. These are great questions. Um, sure, Brad, we can have you back on here again another time. I think it's this. Oh yeah, this is the post play. Yeah. Uh, on the on the defender. Let me get this pulled up, and then we will talk through what was going on on this bad boy. So this one we're we're talking about the post play. Right. And, and, you know, cause especially now that we're in region play, you're going to have a lot more physicality. The games mean a little bit more. You got your, your rivals 
right? So you're you're fighting for position. Um, so we brought this one up to talk about um, what's enough or what's too much. So um, if you could run it back, Adam, yeah, to the very front. So we're good here. Our lead official, he he's starting to come across. We got a skip pass. So obviously he's waiting for that ball to come to the opposite side um, to, to black 22 before he actually initiates that rotation. Okay. Um, so as it comes over, he's moving, he's moving, he's coming over. Um, and, and with this, yeah. Center right here in front of us is, Wait, is this you? Yeah. <laughs> so are you going to critique yourself? I am. Okay. This is why I watch film. I watch film after every game. If, if I'm two steps higher, that free throw line extended my home base, I'm going to be able to see that it's, it's not necessarily a competitive matchup. And I can look into the post right there and see that, hey, we've got an illegal swim move, right? He's holding him because that, that's, that's our first foul right there. And, and, my, and our lead, he can't see that from where he's at. So absolutely, I'm going to critique myself because okay. now we've got Black pushes off because he was getting held, right? Mm -hmm. I'm still looking at the, the ball handler. Um, but this the, the lead official is doing a good job of getting in position now, right? Yeah, so okay. he's getting over there. So now he's there. So now you'll – and what that does is that, that causes – that's called our rotation. So then now the center official, which is me, will will move up to what is, is the trail position. And then this, then the lead, the trail, the, the old, trail, old sorry, trail. Lead, that's okay. Now yep. they become so, center. Yep. Okay. Look, we're learning things, everybody. We've yep. got a really good question came in on YouTube, by the way, that we'll get to here in a second. So with, with this matchup here, um, and, and I know it looks crazy, but this is how I break down film. It, it's play, pause, play, pause, just so we see every aspect of it. right now. White's displacing, right? Mm -hmm. So we could say they're jockeying for position, but that's too much right there because now he, and a lot, the other thing too, is you can say, Oh, white 21's hooking him. No white 21's hooking him because he's trying to get, uh, maintain his balance. Right. Right. Because he's pushed getting back, pushed and need in the backside. Yeah. Um, so that that's, that's where our foul should have come in right there. Okay. Got it. And that could have been, so you would have had the secondary cadence on that potentially, or either one of you, Either, either one um, <clears throat> with with the action right there where you're ending up with the ball, I would stay there and then trust my lead to have that. Okay. So. Awesome. I uh, got a question here from YouTube. Look, I can pull this one up on the screen. Sorry, Instagram. How do you train refs to keep their egos in check and just call a fair game for both sides? Some refs have huge egos and you can see them react to the crowd with their calls so the emotional part how how is that it, it's a part of it because we're mm -hmm. all humans absolutely so how does how does that get worked through and trained and is mm -hmm. it something that you guys talk about a lot i don't know it is it is something that we talked about we're getting better at it um be, because it, it's something that um has, has been noticed right so the last two years um we have had a uh mental toughness coach okay actually uh preseason come in and and do a couple trainings for us to to 
basically get our mind right when those scenarios come into play. Um, as far as egos, I to each their own. I don't know how you train that out of it. Um, it it's tough um, because you do see it, and it and it is it does affect other officials, right? Well, not other officials. I guess the officiating community, yeah. right? Um, but we're we're trying to make ways to where we we keep it down and and you know just try to get the mental aspect of it now because you know we teach and train on film and positioning and rules and all this stuff and now we're just barely dipping into the mental toughness side of it yeah i mean it seems like there are things that we all i think intrinsically have just just as human beings and you know officials are human beings and and so the idea that you're going to get caught up in the emotion as much as you want to say no it's going to happen yep. you know i mean i think you, humans have implicit biases towards you know towards different different people and that's a thing mm -hmm. that every human being not just every single human being has to work through that and it's right. cool to hear that that's part of the training now yep. which is which is that that's great yep. um and Jordan is, I think Jordan had our, our list of common myths because he said, <laughs> what about over the back? And this as a, I'm not like, a, I'm not a rules expert at, okay. by any, not like you, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I've watched and coached and played and I did officiate intramurals at CSU, which was a lot of fun. And one of the first things I learned was there's no such thing as over the back. Correct. But... <laughs> There are still people who are constantly calling out, that's over the back. Right. So what what exactly is it? When is it a foul? When mm -hmm. is it not a foul when you're going up for a rebound? Yeah. So, I mean, I, th I think it's just one of those things that we heard back in the day um, with the old school refs, you know, and the NBA over the back. Right. I mean, they even had a weird signal that over it was the like, back like this. Yeah. Yeah. But we've we've gone away. My favorite one was this. Oh, by the way, sorry. Yeah, yeah. There was an NBA official who, you know, you see these videos, and he was like fouls on whatever. He was giving him the business. I think yeah. it was an, I think it was an NFL ref. But yeah, yeah. Giving him giving him the business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Over the back. Yeah. So that that's that's pretty much long and gone. But for whatever the verbiage from the the fans and all that it is still there. So what we call it is verticality. Um, so each player has their own um space right from the floor to the to the ceiling in their cylinder so to speak mm -hmm. right as long as they're going up and coming down and yeah i mean when we talk about verticality somebody is not going to have their arms straight up right, right. they're going to have like you know a little bit you know 10% bend in them and a little bit forward right but as long as they are not pushing or displacing is the keyword displacement of the the individual who's boxing out um or contesting a shot right the, but going back to the over the back um as long as you're up vertical and, and some some guys are going to out jump other guys and then all of a sudden it's an over the back well no, no. coach he's he's in his vertical plane going up he just out jumped your kid. Just, i'm not going to say that to right. the coach in the in the game right I'm, I'm thinking i'm like dang that guy's got hops right, right. but <laughs> and that and that's what it is is it's or that guy does not have hops. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when it kind of gets into that, so to speak, over the back, it is when they break that vertical plane. Okay. Right. When you are now reaching 
over the defender and causing contact right in his vertical plane that's when they but going up you know if the ball is here and you know you give the two, your too little sign because the guy can't get get off the ground very high and you jump up and you grab the ball before his fingers are going to grab it and you pull right. it back and you never touch him and then mm-hmm. you go up for a shot that is not a foul that is a Correct. clean play because you've made yeah. no contact you have not interrupted no illegal contact the the last one that i have and if anyone else has any other questions please uh you can drop them here in uh instagram hey thanks jordan appreciate it if you got any other questions please let me know uh we'll try to have you know yourself back or someone else from uh from the community because i think this is really good and helpful for people absolutely um but along with that verticality we were talking before the interview i see players you know like you said they don't always jump straight up in the air Mm -hmm. i mean in terms of like their hands are perfectly above their shoulders like they're some synchronized yeah. diver or something like no that. way but you know they're kind of up like yep. this right and then uh a, a guy's driving and they jump and they create the contact correct which to the to the point on when the kid in the um in the video that we watched when it's like oh he's hooking it's like no he's getting pushed mm-hmm. so it causes them you know they take the shot in the chest right and it causes them to collapse onto the player mm-hmm. and then they you know they miss a shot and then they get they right. get a foul, right? Right. Um, I think that's a really hard one to officiate, but it is by the rule book. That's uh, by uh, rule that'd be an offensive foul because the offense initiated the contact into the chest of a vertical defender. Yeah. Um, and that and that's why we talk so much on as officials. You need we're watching the defenders while everybody else is watching the offense. We're watching the defense mm-hmm. because we need to understand, okay, did they did they create and maintain legal guarding position, right? Two feet on the floor facing the defender or facing the opponent, um, you know, because if you don't have that initial knowledge, you're going to get duped into calling that. Right. Because you're like, it's going to catch you by surprise. I'm watching the ball. I'm watching the ball. Offense. Oh, contact. Oh, you got him on the arm. You well, probably did. Hey, <laughs> He put his shoulder or he put his shoulder into my chest and that made me come down. Right. So that, that's another one that, that we're, that we've been training on heavy because you know, who, who creates the initial contact of displacement. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, got another question here. So we got, by the way, if you join this on YouTube, you can get your questions pulled up on the screen. Not that that really matters. Are refs allowed to instruct players on the floor while calling the game? An example, giving warnings before making a call. I love refs or love refs who would give warnings like get out of the key or hands off. So is that, is that coached? Is that trained or is that just a style that some people do it? Some people don't more than not. We, we do it. Okay. Right. Because we want to, we want to establish a flow in the game, excuse me, but we also know that, we've got a call. We're there for a job, right? So usually in my pregame, it's, Hey, the first three minutes, let's see what they're going to do. If they're getting handsy, tell them hands off, hands off. Right. Cause nine times out of 10, the player's going to listen. Guess what? Hands off, hands off. Okay. Foul. Um, same with the three seconds in the key. Um, you know, when I'm doing my, you know, and, and the other thing is, is that's not a visible count. So it's like, yeah, how long are they in there? You know, usually when I'm at two, I'm like, clear the key, right? Two and a half, get out, three, 
Okay, three seconds. Okay. Yeah, that that uh that makes sense. And that would be another one uh two parents. This is I feel like this is a therapy session for me because as a as a parent, I do sit uh, like you can't talk to every single parent, especially for the opposing team, but um 3 seconds is not one, two, three, three seconds. Right. Like that's not that's not how this this there's right you got it you there's a cadence to the three seconds it's probably Correct. you know don't pull out your apple watch and time the kid <laughs> um and everybody counts different because we don't have an apple watch in the game <laughs> yeah yeah it's so true wouldn't it be kind of cool though if there was like a uh you know kind of like in baseball where they have like the balls and strikes thing where it's like somebody goes in and then it just starts like counting because it knows it's the person and then it just goes beep it's like three seconds almost yeah. like when you're bowling and you go over the, <laughs> yeah. the line and it beeps yeah. at you uh, the other, well, and the hard thing too with that is, is you get too pure with things and then it takes that flow of the game out. Yeah. And I, I really, we can probably start wrapping this up here. I uh, appreciate everybody for jumping in and asking some questions. We actually ended up getting through everything, just not in the segment section. Yeah. It just <laughs> got it all done. Um, but, you know, I, I think that as, as, a, as a fan and as a dad and as someone who's coached, I know that I've really appreciated what you've talked about, which is how do I make sure that the game flows? Because the game of basketball can be so beautiful. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's a really beautiful game. And, you know, when people say like, oh, I just I wish we could go back to the 80s when, you know, it was like this rough and tumble, like basically a wrestling match. It's like, right. Yeah, but the games were like. 72 to 65 yeah, for and sure there was a lot of like you could hand check and you could grab and you could do all sorts of stuff and maybe that's what you want but count me as somebody who just loves good you know basketball where the ball is moving and yeah for you sure. know there's there's it's such a beautiful sport to watch and so that does my heart well to hear that you're you know you and as as el presidente of yeah. the chapter <laughs> are are someone who is who's concerned about that so uh, if you guys see Brad or you see anybody else in an official's jersey, please remember, have some empathy. Uh, remember some of the things we talked about. Uh, if you see him uh, before the game, he's in his zone. If you see him <laughs> after the game, he's heading to the locker room. Right. But maybe maybe if you catch him, you know, a little bit before during the JV game or whatever, you know, give him a give him a, a dap and say, sure. hey, thanks. Thanks for the help. But Brad, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks to everybody for joining in on Instagram and on YouTube. And I don't know if anyone's on Twitter. I didn't have that pulled up. But if you did, that's super rad as well. Uh, thanks for coming to the Underground. Yeah, man, this is awesome. Thank live, you. Live and direct. Appreciate it. And uh, everyone, please like and share and subscribe to the podcast. It would mean a whole lot. Appreciate it. Thanks.